night gatherings, we've been focusing on the topic of revival. In fact, we've called it Ignite Revival Gathering for some time now, and you've heard me share various angles of revival and things that really matter. Something I spoke to you about before was the issue of humility and how this is part of the recipe for us to experience not just personal renewal, but for us to be awakened to God, for us to be revived. We have to be a people that are humble. And there are many passages that actually say this. You could look at James 4, 6. It says, God gives grace to the humble. This isn't just covering and forgiveness. God gives empowering grace, grace that empowers us up from where we were and where we're stuck. God gives that to who? He gives it to the humble. You could look at James 4.10. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord that he would lift you up. Sometimes we're looking for someone else to do something for us, say something to us. But the Bible says that if we humble ourselves before God, he will be the one that will lift us up. Did you know that there are some passages in the book of 1 Peter that literally mirror what is said in James? Uh, It's it's the exact same two passages. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5, it says, God opposes the proud, but he does what? He gives grace to the, you know, James said it, but then Peter said it as well. Must be important, don't you think? And then he said the same thing here in 1 Peter 5, 6. He said, humble yourselves before the Lord that he might lift you up in due time. I've preached before from 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, and this is sort of a corporate, sort of a national uh, call of humility that if we would humble ourselves, God would do what? He would heal our land. I've got a question in my heart. I'm wondering that if we believe that God through prayer can heal our land, that through prayer, God can uh, sweep through our cities from the skyscrapers to the streets and do a work of revival that we could hold, spend a whole lifetime trying to do and never get done. Can God do that? God can do that, and he does it through us. God can do that through whomever he chooses, but he does not work through people that are proud. It says it right here. It says that if you humble yourself, he'll give you the grace. That if you humble yourself, then he'll lift you up. It doesn't matter if you name the name of of Christ. It matters if you're a humble Christian, if you're a humble follower of Jesus. We see this again and again. Humility is not merely a character quality. It's a posture. It's a way of life. It's, It's not like I am such a humble person. I live in this state of humility and everyone else should learn and glean from my humility and how humble I am. It's not something that because we've been a Christian for a long period of time, we all of a sudden have. It is a quality that we have through activity. It's a posture of life. Life is introduced to us every day, things we've never been through, stuff we've never walked through, and we get choices, choices to humble ourselves or to stay proud in some way, shape, or form. And pride takes on many faces, it takes on many forms. I want to call you tonight to a deeper level of humility, and I'm not saying you're proud. I'm not saying that you have all kinds of pride. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that for us to experience personal revival that would actually bring about corporate revival, I believe that what we see in the scriptures is that we've got to go lower to our knees, to a place of prayer, to a place of humility so that God would lift us up. Uh, We can't be proud. We can't be standing in the wrong place, saying the wrong thing at the time in which God truly wants to move. 
Sometimes pride looks like us railing out what we think ought to happen, and yet we haven't really prayed about what God wants to do. I'm, I'm telling you, pride does not just look like somebody that says, I'm better than you. Pride often looks like whatever it is that gets in the way of what Jesus is actually saying and wanting to do in the world and in the time that we're living in. Uh, but I'll tell you the antidote right now. Come on, the Bible doesn't hide it. It actually tells us right now, it says humility. And, and when you see that humility is part of the recipe of revival, why would we not want to be more humble? And so I know the question you're asking right now. Here's the question. How do I humble myself a lot more often? That's the question you're asking. Go ahead and smile because you know that's the question you're asking. If God lifts me up, if God gives me grace, this is what I want. You know, I believe in the book of James, we see something very special about humility as he calls his original readers, hearers, and now us to respond. In order for us to have true humility, we have to be looking at the right thing, and that is the scriptures. But when we read the scriptures, we have to respond the right way, which is humility. In James chapter one, he uses a metaphor for the Bible, and I'm gonna use this metaphor interchangeably. He calls the Bible a mirror, uh, isn't that an amazing thing? I, are you someone that loves the mirror? Do you love the mirror tonight? Are you a person that walks by the mirror, stops and says, you're welcome? Is that you? Do you know someone like that? I don't like the mirror. I, I don't like stopping by the mirror. I'm not a frequent visitor. All right, I don't have a frequent flyer miles to the mirror. I don't enjoy it. I don't looking at. I don't like looking into the mirror. I don't. But isn't it interesting that the Bible actually is referred to metaphorically, as a mirror in the book of James. I want to read this passage to you because right here, James is doing this. He's calling the believers to true spiritual maturity as he deals with these types of issues. Issues like hypocrisy, worldliness, pride, favoritism, temptation, impatience, anger, slander, misuse of riches. Does that sound like anything that we deal with in the world that we live in? I think so. I think so. An ancient text comes alive when you begin to think about the flesh of man. And so James is calling them out of immaturity into true spiritual maturity. And it would seem that before he addresses the actual issues, he tells them what they should be looking at, what the source is, and he's calling them to take a humble posture as they look into the word of God, which is a mirror. And this is what he says here, James chapter one and verse 19. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted uh, the implication is that sometimes we don't. Receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls, but prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves or deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who, in, who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in all that he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, he cannot control his speech. He deceives his own heart. 
Friends, if you're not convicted yet, just hold on. This man's religion is worthless. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans, widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. This is the word of the Lord. God's word is a mirror to our soul, and it can bring transformation. I didn't say it will. It can if we follow what it says. Uh, We have to apply what is here. We can't just read it and say God's just doing it. It says specifically how we go about that. I have three points. Number one, God's mirror, we're talking about the word, God's mirror reveals Something that James brings up as a focal point is the way a person looks into God's word is the key. It's not just that we look at it and that we read it, it's how we do that. Are we reading God's word in a way that is humble, where we want to respond to what it is that we read? Verse 21 says, put aside wickedness and listen, humbly receive the word implanted, which will save and deliver your soul. He's not talking about eternal salvation. When he says save, he's talking about being delivered, being delivered, our soul being delivered. If we humbly receive the word of God, which has been implanted, it literally will deliver us. But if we do not receive what is being said, then it will not be effectual in our life. Friends, that means this, that we have to partner with God in order to see the transformation that he promises. He tells us the truth, but how we handle the truth actually matters. But I'll tell you this tonight, God's mirror does not lie. God's mirror tells us exactly where we are, like it or not. There are some passages that are hard to read. Come on, say amen, you know it's true. Uh, if, you, if you read the Bible and you never feel convicted, it makes me wonder what you're reading. Friends, we're on a journey, we're on a path of following Jesus, and we see who he is, that he's righteous, that he's perfect, that he's holy, and the Bible calls us to be like him. How long can we read the word without feeling like, oh, for me to be like Jesus means that I've got to get delivered I've got to go after him. I've got to grow. I've got to persevere. I've got to persist. I've got to humble myself. I've got so much further to go. I mean, how long do you really read the Bible without feeling this way? We cannot afford a false perception of ourselves. There's too much at stake. And the word of God talks about love, talks about sacrifice. It talks about commitment, integrity, honesty, forgiveness, honor. Talks about how we actually handle these things, see these things. It's, we're not talking about just reading the Bible, but when we read about forgiveness, when we read about love, when we read about truth, when we, when we read about bitterness, uh, when we read about sacrifice, when we read about giving, the question is, what do we do with that? Do we read it and that's it? Or do we respond to it? And what does it take to respond See, revival is not just a feeling. Revival isn't goosebumps. Revival is when the people of God begin to do the word of God. That's where you see revival. You can't come alive to God in Christ Jesus without putting the word of God into practice. It doesn't happen. It won't happen. If we want revival, we've got to go back to the Bible. It's where it starts. It's where it stays. And when you get off the Bible, it's not revival. It's not. It's not. Let me ask you, are you reading the word or are you letting the word read you like a mirror? 
Are you seeing yourself rightly as you read, as you hear? I've, I've got an illustration to kind of help you out. I know you love that. Oh, you're going to love this one. I think when we think about sometimes how we can be as Christians, I think, I think, there's, I think there's three ways that we can read the Bible. There's probably more, but tonight I'm going to give you three, all right? Everybody say three, because that's all I got time for. Well, the first one is that you can read the Bible like a mirror. This is my mirror, okay? This is how I tie my tie in my office. You're welcome. Okay? When, when you look at this thing, oh my, oh, okay, all right. That's how I feel when I look into the mirror. You guys want to see? Go ahead. You want to look into the mirror? There you go. There you go. Huh? How do you feel about that? Some of you are like, give me that for a second. I got to fix something. Go ahead. Some of you ladies, I got to fix something. Go ahead. See? When you look into this, what do you see? What do you see? Yourself. When you look into this, you see yourself. If this is what the Bible is like for you, amen, you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing at the right time. When you look into the Bible and you see yourself, you're letting the Bible address you. You're letting it address where you are. It shows you what you look like. It shows you what God wants to do. And you can see that if your hair's all messed up, naturally speaking, you know you got to fix it. And God doesn't want to just show us that to condemn us. He wants us to know, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is what I want you to partner with me on. It's very important. But see, sometimes, friends, we don't read the Bible like that. And that's why we don't get transformation. We don't let the word just speak to us and convict us and encourage us and show us what God wants to do. No, sometimes we read it a little differently, you know. I think we read it like a picture, now, for 1995, one of you can have this tonight. You're welcome. You could take this home. In fact, I see somebody on the front row that might want to take this home. Amen. Yes. Can't get enough. The only person that can say that in this room. Now, this is a picture, okay? And we look at the Word of God, and, and you know what this is? This picture, this, believe it or not, this is about as best as I can pose, okay? Strike a pose, I did. That's all you get. All right, I'm average, I'm okay with it. But this, you know what? We did this outside. I think I had to do three or four of these to get it right. And, 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 and it's a picture. When I look at the Bible, this could be reflective of, I remember what I looked like that day when I took a picture. And, and when I look at the Bible, when I read the Bible, I can think about, it can say, talk about fasting and prayer. Pastor Ben, hey, I used to fast. I used to pray. I look at the picture. I remember what it was like. And somehow I bring that into my current experience and I act like what I used to look like is what I look like. And it's not true. The mirror shows me where I'm at, but the picture shows me where I was. And I let the picture tell me I'm still there and it's not true anymore. Maybe I don't fast. Maybe I don't pray. Maybe I don't read the Bible. Maybe I've never been generous. Maybe I've never given a dollar to anybody for anything, but I read about the Bible and it talks about those things. And I'm like, not even convicted because I remember a time when I was, and I let that, what does the word say right here? Deceive me. Delude yourselves. How do you get deceived when you read the Bible and you hear only without doing? If you don't do it, you deceive yourself. The highest form of deception is self-deception. Nobody had to trick you into it. It's something in your mind that you and I think that we are where we're not. It's a false perception of ourselves. We think that we're in a place that we ought to be or we are that we're... that. God calls us to be, and we're really not. 
And see, friends, that's the thing. That self-deception right there holds a lot of us back as Christians. It's not that we don't love the Lord. It's that we're still thinking about ourselves as we once were. And God is speaking fresh. God is speaking now. God is calling us to do something today. He wants our passion back. He wants that vision back. And all it is, it's one step away to get back what God has for us now. And you know what it's called? Humility. God, I remember what that was like, but that's not where I'm at today. Lord, give that to me. Give that back to me. I want to be there. I want to be as you called me to be. I don't like this anymore. I'm not, I can't go back, but Lord, I want to go forward. See, it's that humility that brings down the blessing of God. Oh, but that's not the only way you can read the Bible. Okay, Rochelle, you were looking for number three. You said, Pastor Ben, where's number three? Some of us use the Bible like a window. We don't remember how we used to be. We see other people. How you doing? You know what the Bible says, don't you? Judge not. I don't see me. I see you, friend. You understand? That's what we do. We look through the word for others. That was a great message for someone else. We bump our spouse. We bump someone else. We want to phone a friend. You understand? We do not read the word of God as a mirror. We read it as a picture, or some of us read it like it's a window. Man, this verse I read today was really good for somebody I know. I love him so much. I prayed for him too. Man, I did. See, the word of God didn't even touch me. It didn't even touch me. When's the last time the word cut you? When it cut you and you felt that fresh cut from the Lord, but you didn't feel condemned, but there was something that God was doing and he was calling you to and you weren't thinking about so-and-so and you weren't thinking about where you used to be, but you were like, God, I need you now. I want to be like that today. I need that fresh touch now. Come on, that's what God wants to do. But when you're reading the Bible, it's not just about reading the Bible, it's how you read the Bible. When you read about love, when you read about forgiveness, when you read about sacrifice, when you read about giving, when you read about unity, it's what touches your heart. Does the Holy Spirit have full access through your humility to bring you further than you are? We can't blame God that we're not moving on because it's just one step away. He says, humble yourself and I'll lift you up. Amen. Humble yourself. I'm, I'm banging on this humility thing for some time because I truly believe that the religious leader, the scribes of the Pharisees and the Pharisees are a picture of the temptation of those that know God and his word and where it is that it can take us on the conveyor belt of self-righteousness where we're concerned about everyone else's repentance rather than our own. A friend, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. That, I mean, James actually has to tell the people of God, the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. I think so. Jesus said, do not judge that you would not be judged. I've read this this last week, and for in the way you judge, you will be judged by the standard of measure it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the cedar tree that is literally the palm tree planted in your face. This is my version. How can you say to anyone else, let me take that, and I'm going I'm to exaggerate, let me take that speck out of your eye because I know how to take it out of your eye. 
I have been there many times before. I have travailed the mountaintops, and I have successfully gotten to the other side, dear brother and sister. Let me take this out of your eye, because I know. Now, some of you might know, you understand. But it's when the, <laughs> it's when the word doesn't touch us anymore. Jesus says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly enough to be able to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The goal was not Jesus was judging the judgmental. The goal was Jesus was saying, if you really want to help people, you have to learn how to be humble first. If you're humble, I will always use you to help other people. But the word has to cut us first. If the word can cut us, listen, we will be capable ministers in the hands of God. Humble. God's mere demands. James tells us his, his word demands a response. The first response is humility, but in order to be an effectual doer of the word, we have to be an effectual hearer first. As we hear, we rightly respond, we must respond to what we see. We respond in repentance as we look into God's word. It reveals that the things in us that are not Christ-like, and we respond by faith and dependence for what God calls us into. Let, let me tell you how to respond. You respond biblically. There is a right way to respond. Okay, there is a right way to respond. It's called repentance. It's called humility. It's not random. What do I do? You respond with faith. I believe God's word. You respond with humility. Lord, I humble myself before you. I need more. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And we respond with repentance. I turn from the things that are in the way of where you want me to go so that you can use me more for your glory. Sometimes we respond poorly. Some of us, we see where we're not and we think we have this false guilt that hinders us from moving forward one more step. This guilt is like, oh, I'm just terrible. I'm just horrible then. You know, how does that work in relationships? When somebody sits with another person and says, hey, when you do this, I don't, I don't like it. And you go, well, I'm just a terrible person. I just am horrible. I should never even just talk to you then. Did you like how I did that? Do you understand? Like you just, and then how you feel, you feel like I can't talk to you. Like I can't even bring something up. You're like, hey, when you do this, I really don't enjoy that. It's like, okay, fine. I'm always wrong. That, that's, that's not good. But what if we do that with the Lord? When we look at the word and we can't even bring ourselves to think that God is trying to transform something because if we see it in our own lives, then it's like, I'm never good enough. I'm always terrible. I'm always the last in line. I can't get this straight. I've never been able to fix myself. See, we, we have this mindset that just sort of defeats us before we ever step out into receiving the grace that God has. Listen, friends, God convicts us to give us grace to transform us, but we've got to get over ourselves. We cannot have self-pity. Uh, Self-pity keeps all of our old wounds alive. And this is what I'm talking about. We have to have a biblical response. The biblical response is, oh God, do this. Lord, I repent. Father, I humble myself to you. Help me. And when we pray for each other, when I pray for people, I just have a few minutes. The, the baptism candidates are going to usher their way into this, right in the middle of this message. It's going to be perfect message for the baptism waters, is it not? It is. Sometimes when I pray for people, and I love every, every one of us, I mean, I love, but like here, friend, if you're going to ask me to pray for you, I'm going to ask you biblical questions. If we're going to pray, if you're going to ask me to pray 
for a relationship that you're struggling with, I'm going to ask you, have you forgiven them? If you're going to ask me to pray for you struggling financially, I'm going to ask if you're a giver. Because, friends, the Bible's clear. That's what I'm saying is that we can't just ask for God to swath over our inactivity and our disobedience to what the Word says. Uh, Friends, you just can't do it. You can't just sort of sideline the Bible and expect like prayers to just cover over what steps we're not taking. We've got to look into the word. It's got to be a mirror and it's got to tell us where we're at because it also tells us where we're going. The Bible demands a response. Demands a response. So when I pray for people, I ask them these questions. I don't, and it's, it sounds patronizing, but it is biblical. Are you a giver? Are you following Have you responded to God? If somebody's giving you a hard time at work, have you prayed for them, those that despitefully use you? Or are we just going to say, they're there, it'll get all better? No, we've got to respond biblically. And thirdly, God's mirror transforms. In verse 25, James says, whoever looks into the mirror and abides by it will be blessed in all that he does. The more we humbly look into the word of God, we will see Jesus, which is who we are to become. I'm not just saying that God wants to show us where we're not and what we're not. I'm saying God wants to show us Jesus, which is where we're going. But in order for us to know where we're going, we also have to know where we are. And that's what keeps us humble before God, because we're constantly asking for the grace that we need to get where he calls us. This is why the apostle Paul would say, I'm not where I want to be but I press on toward the mark in Christ Jesus, the high calling. And this is the mentality. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 3, now the Lord is the spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the spirit. What is God doing? God is transforming us into the image of Jesus. As in a mirror, Well, where do we look into the mirror? We look into the mirror through God's word. That's where we see Jesus. That's where we see Jesus. The mirror not only reveals where we are, but where we're going. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the lie. He is the way. Everything that we're looking for, everything that we're after, everything that we're following, everything that we're seeking is found in the way. We see that in scripture. And when we see the life of Christ, we humble ourselves because he is what we want. He is what we're after. He is what we are becoming and being like is to be like Jesus Christ. The reason I believe that we don't look more like Christ at times and bring the life of Christ is because we stop looking into the mirror the right way. I want to call you to humility tonight. Now we're going to get ready for baptisms here. I'm going to have to bring this to a close. Uh, But I want to call you to humility. I want to call you to not only read the Bible, but I want to challenge you to let the Bible read you. I want you to crack open that Bible, and I want you with all, any, all the faith that you have to say, God, transform me. Let these words be like food. Let these words breathe life. If the Bible's boring, ask God to change that. If the Bible is something that you're not actually reading right now, ask God to change that. If you feel like you're stuck right now, ask God to change that. If you feel like you haven't grown in a while or you just feel sort of lethargic when you're reading it and you, and you don't know what to write in a journal, you don't know how to respond with your heart, ask God to change that. He'll do it. If we start right there and we say, Lord, I don't even know that I'm in a place where I'm enjoying this, God will change that. Uh, We just are honest with the Lord. 
God loves honesty. This is my message tonight. Personal revival is on the heels of humility. The Bible says he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And he goes here, James tells us here that humility looks like somebody who looks into the word of God as in a mirror and does not walk away and forget what he saw. She does not forget what she saw, but she looks and she sees what what God is showing and says, oh God, bring that into my life. God, bring that into my experience. Transform my heart. Help me to serve others. Help me to show others. Help me to be who you say that I am. And God will say yes and amen every time because humility is his way of transforming us to be like Jesus. Transformed people, transform people. Amen. Let's reach out for a little humility tonight. Will you pray that prayer with me? Lord, teach me the humble path, right? His way is humble. Let's ask. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. We pray for that humility to be a part of our life, not something that we acquired one day long ago, but something that we respond in. It's, it's the way of Jesus Christ. It's the way of response. It's the substance of what you've called us to be about and how we are to read your word. God, your word's powerful. It has the potential like a seed, but you want to plant it into our hearts and you want us to receive it. And as we do that, as we abide in your word, it's, your word says this, that it will bear fruit we will receive the blessing. The things that you want to do will come to pass. The promises that you say over our life, those things will actually manifest, uh, but you call us, you call us up. You call us to respond. So Lord, I just say to you tonight that I I don't want to be uh, someone who hears only. I want to be a doer of the word. I ask for every person watching online and that's here today to be a doer of the word. God, give us that passion back. Give us that humility. Give us that heart to go low and to say, oh God, oh God, I want a personal revival. And if you need that tonight, let me pray over you. If you need that, just receive. Let me pray that. I pray for personal revival over any of us in the room that are saying, I I need to be at that place again. I need to be at that place again, on my knees again, before the Lord again. I need to be at that place. We pray for it tonight. We thank you for it. We ask you in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information about Ignite Global Ministries, please go to our website, igniteglobalministries.org. While there, check out our Immersion Discipleship School and the books Pastor Ben has written.